the Biden administration's Indo-Pacific economic framework faces headwinds in getting Southeast Asian countries to sign on to high-standard digital trade commitments. Hi, my name is Andrei Kanatalagawa, and today I'm going to talk about the challenges and opportunities that the United States will face in pursuing the IPEF with Southeast Asian countries, specifically in the field of digital trade. The IPEF was announced in October 2021, and thus far, around 14 countries have committed to starting negotiations. This includes seven Southeast Asian countries, including Brunei, Indonesia, Malaysia, the Philippines, Singapore, Thailand, and Vietnam. While the IPEF covers a whole host of issues, perhaps most critical is the area of digital trade, which currently lives in the trade pillar uh, that will be organized by the uh, USTR. Most countries in Southeast Asia are rapidly digitizing, and this is a trend that's accelerated under the COVID-19 pandemic, and regional governments are really looking to seize the opportunity of the digital economy while also mitigating the political risks of free data flows. As digital trade and the digital economy become more important to overall economic growth and development, governments in Southeast Asia are looking to adopt frameworks for cyber governance. Um, you know, these countries now face a choice between wildly divergent paths, uh, including the sort of U.S.-inspired models that prioritize openness and the free flow of data, to European models that emphasize consumer protection and data privacy, or Chinese models that apply the concept of national sovereignty to cyberspace and emphasize the local storage of data. Um, you know, the fact that Southeast Asian countries now have a variety of different models before them in terms of data governance and data, uh, you know, how they manage uh, the Internet economy is really one of the driving forces behind the inclusion of digital issues in the IPEF. This question of how do you maintain openness, how do you limit practices related to data localization, and how do you ensure the free flow of data? So whether and to what extent the Biden administration can seize on the opportunity of the IPEF to rally regional support for its preferred standards is a key challenge. And ultimately, Southeast Asia is not a monolith when it comes to digital trade. Each country is at a different stage of digital development and has staked out different positions in data governance. Um, you know, this ultimately can complicates the Biden administration's efforts to attract countries to a single set of standards. Now, on the one hand, you have countries like Singapore that have been very forward-leaning when it comes to digital trade and have pursued a number of digital economy agreements with partners in the region and elsewhere. Um, and you know, on the other hand, you have countries like Indonesia, uh, which uh, have not really aggressively pursued digital economy agreements and have really only signed on to things like RCEP. Uh, and even in RCEP, uh, you know, the language on digital trade is uh, relatively weak compared to other similar region-wide agreements like the CPTPP or, or even the USMCA. Um, and then, of course, third, you have countries like Malaysia, which are generally interested in growing integration in the digital space. Uh, but for one reason or another, particularly you know, political reasons, um, you know, the capacity to develop, to devote attention and time to some of these efforts really just isn't there right now in the immediate future. Um, you know, these factors and the fact that different countries are facing different constraints when it comes to digital trade ultimately will impact the ability of the Biden administration to sign on, to get countries to sign on to these agreements, uh, particularly when these agreements might run counter to some of these countries' perceived short-term political or security interests. Um, there are a number of different things that the Biden administration can do in terms of sweetening the deal and convincing countries to sign on. 
first is approaching uh, the IPEF through sort of an open door policy. Um, Southeast Asian countries are generally averse to initiatives that uh, don't include uh, all ASEAN members. Uh, and the IPEF uh, currently uh, does not include uh, the totality of ASEAN. So, uh, you know, there needs to be a real uh, conversation and mechanism for countries like Cambodia or Laos who are not involved in negotiations right now. Uh, you know, there needs to be a mechanism for them to be able to join in the future if and when they're ready, if only because their participation is key for other economies that that want to see ASEAN participate in this. Another, uh, you know, path forward for the Biden administration will be the extent to which, uh, you know, whether digital negotiations can be broken out of the broader trade pillar. Uh, you know, the trade pillar as it currently stands includes a lot of things that Southeast Asian countries uh, are generally hesitant about. And this includes uh, provisions on labor and environmental standards. And so, uh, in effect, including digital issues in the broader trade pillar uh, weighs uh, digital issues down, right? Um, uh, digital trade is not as much of a sell as uh, as I think some would imagine, um, and it's un you know the inclusion of digital trade is unlikely to bring additional partners into the trade pillar, and ultimately it passes up the chance to get additional economy agreement with Southeast Asian countries who might be willing to negotiate one, absent some of the more other problematic or tricky parts of the trade pillar. Um, you know these are just two recommendations. Um, CSIS, my organization, published a report uh, a few weeks ago about uh, this exact topic. Uh, log on to CSIS.org to read more. Uh, my name is Andrekinath Lagawa. I am a research associate with CSIS. And uh, thank you for listening. <laughs>